happy days. Won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of the Gen X Files. Welcome to the Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about the wonderful Carol Burnett. One of the funniest people alive. So take yourself back to 1967. Ooh, I wasn't even born. That during that summer, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was the number one album for about three, three and a half months. Whatever happened to those guys? The I don't know. They broke up and they yeah. went into obscurity. Uh, August 29th. Unfortunately, it's the last episode of The Fugitive, your what? favorite television show. The one-armed man. Uh, the one-armed man did it or didn't do it. I don't he remember. He did do it. He I just, mean, he did. Did he find him in the last episode? I think he did, actually. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a good show. It was a good show. It was a great show. Uh, good, good remake movie with Harrison Ford. Good uh, remake movie. Good remake movie because that's <laughs> pretty much Hollywood now. Remake <laughs> movies. Part of our our Hollywood crash course. If it worked once, it'll work again. Always. Uh, but little did you know, in just a couple weeks after the end of the Fugitive, it was the premiere of the Carol Burnett Show. <laughs> yes, that is the theme song. <laughs> Uh, wow. Bobby Gentry was actually a guest on the show the first season as well. Anyway, there are uh, a lot of songs about people named Billy Joe. Yeah, she's very Southern. Well, no, I mean, Billy Joe was Billy like Joe. a really popular name for music back in the 60s. Okay. Or Bobby Joe or Jommy Joe or Jimmy Joe. <laughs> or a lot of Joe was Jimmy, a good Jimmy middle Joe. name or surname. I don't know. Yeah, my grandpa's name was Jimmy, Jibby Joe. Jibby Joe? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to call me Jibby, but... Uh, <laughs> So, to really, before we can get into the Carol Burnett show, you really need to know who Carol Burnett was. Uh, she was born in 1933 in San Antonio to two extremely alcoholic parents uh, who eventually got a divorce. She ended up being raised by her grandmother and her grandfather oh, yeah. until the mother uh, decided to move to Hollywood, and the grandmother and Carol moved with her. Nice. You know, her uh, middle name is Crichton. I did not know that. Carol Crichton. Burnett. Oh, okay. That's a weird middle name. That I wonder if that's a, a family name or something. I'm guessing probably. I'm a speed bump. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she she got a lot of her variety roots from her grandmother and her mother. Her grandmother played the piano. Her mom would play the ukulele. They'd sit around the kitchen table while her mother was not berating her for being alive. <clears throat> huh. Well, so, so some good times. Yeah, some. Some. Uh, she did go to Hollywood High School. She ended up uh, going to UCLA. She was an usher at the Warner Brothers Theater, which uh, is now not the Warner Brothers Theater. It's the Hollywood Pacific Theater. Uh, while she was there, she was an usherette, as they call them, right. uh, because apparently usher is too manly. Yeah, they had to differentiate. They need to make to sure that she knew she was a woman, I guess. Uh, but in 1951, she was working at the theater, and uh, back in the day, the way they used to do the movies is they would just start running the movie at 9 a.m., and they would just continuously run all day. You bought a ticket to go in. You could be there for four hours. It didn't matter. The whole point is you just bought a seat. Uh, so a couple was coming in to watch Strangers on a Train, the Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yes. And uh, Good movie. there was only a few minutes left in the movie, and they were going to – essentially the ending was going to be spoiled for this couple. And she begged them not to go in because she saw the movie and said it's really good and you should watch it from the beginning. And they kind of harrumped her and went in anyway, and her manager saw that and then immediately fired her. Good. <laughs> wow. Well, you'd fit in really well in 1951. <laughs> Old white man. All right. You don't tell people not to go into the theater. She was trying to be I helpful. Know, I know. I'm trying to be uh, hurtful. She did get her, her comeuppance, though, is that uh, after all the years of her being famous, uh, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce uh, asked her if she wanted a Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame star. Star. And she said yes on one condition, that it was right in front of the Warner Brothers Theater that she got fired at when she was 18. <laughs> Revenge is a dish best served super duper cold. And much later, much, much later. You know, when she went to UCLA, uh, she got to UCLA by getting a $50 donation. Like a, an anonymous, anonymous donation, donation, literally in an envelope. Which is like a thing about her life. Yeah, it's, she's obviously very talented and she's very brilliant. And, and she's obviously very good the at what 50s does. were awesome because people were giving you anonymous donations. And not only that, semester at UCLA was 
fifty, 50 bucks. It's so <laughs> insane. Bucks. It's so insane. I can't even imagine fifty. Now, granted, I understand back in nineteen fifty-two or whatever, fifty dollars was worth more, or it was more. It wasn't like fifty thousand. Exactly. Not not what UCLA <laughs> and USC are now. So she she did go to UCLA. She uh, originally wanted to be in journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, she really enjoyed journalism, but she realized that she was she was a born writer and that she wanted to be a playwright. Uh, her junior year, she switched to being a theater major so she could be a playwright. Uh, the school at the time, one of the parts of the curriculum was that you had to take an acting class if you were mm. doing theater. And she didn't want to be an actor. She was just like, all right, well, I want to be a playwright and I have to do this. So uh, she realized she loved it. The second she performed, people laughed and she was, it was the greatest experience ever. Is that the her. same experience for you? Uh, no, no, I am not an actor by any means, and did not you are. did not jump into that by of any means. You are. Uh, very happy just writing, uh, but she she loved it so much. She went home to her mother and said, uh, "I've decided that I want to be an actor." And her mother said, and I quote, "She wanted me to be a writer." She said, "You can always write, no matter what you look like." Mm. It was extremely hurtful. <laughs> she still in her the memoirs she just actually wrote and that came out in 2017. She actually said that was one of the most hurtful things that happened. Yeah, her mom called her ugly. Yeah, it was just awful. But it drove her and made her want to to strive harder. And uh, in her junior year, she was... um, Sounds like there's a... uh... Just a theme of revenge with her career. <laughs> revenge against the theater, she, revenge against well, her Well, I mean, you know, it's whatever drives you. Sure. Uh, she doesn't seem like a vengeful person. No, but uh, uh, her, so her junior year, she, she was in a uh, performance with, uh, for her class. Her professor made them do a performance, and they invited uh, random people uh, to, the, to the show. And a couple came up. Like and a showcase? Said, yeah, like a showcase. A couple came up and said... Uh, we think you're very talented. Uh, we think you should go to New York and, and take this more seriously. And she said, well, I'm not going to leave my boyfriend. And they said, well, he can come too. And gave each of them a $1,000 interest-free loan. What the hell, man? With the, the, what the hell? The stipulation that she pays it back within five years, that they never reveal who they were, that, who the couple was. Uh, so it's extremely anonymous. I thought she was supposed to pay it forward, not pay it back to them. She did. That was the other stipulation. Yeah. The third stipulation was that if she became successful, she had to pay it forward and, and help other people, nice. which she did throughout her career. Oh, yeah. uh, like Vicki Lawrence being being on The Carol Burnett Show. Um, Vicki Lawrence literally wrote her when she was 17 and said, I look like you, and then got on the show. Nice. Yeah. As your stunt double. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> her little sis. Uh, but yeah, it's really odd. The only thing I can figure, because this does happen to her a lot, is that – Carol Burnett just must be the nicest person alive. Essentially, if someone's going to help somebody, there has to be a reason for it. And yes, she's funny and she's talented, but, like, she has to be somebody that people want to be around. But, you know, people were more... They were more like patrons back then, you know? Not not so much, like, you know, with Da Vinci and, you know, there were, like, art patrons. But there were people that saw potential and, you know, wanted to help. And I think that's something that's really missing today. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Mentors and you know people actually helping you instead of trying to rip you off or yeah. take advantage of you. I mean, good God! Or spending their money on on helpful things like sending people to college rather than just hoarding it for the rest of their lives. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, college still costs fifty bucks. I'd be sending everybody. <laughs> That's true. To I would send five people to college. Like, why not? Exactly. <laughs> so they literally left college. They left UCLA. Uh, I don't think she ever got a degree. I think she um, she took off. She went to New York. I think it was a mistake. Uh, yeah, I think she, she regrets it greatly. <laughs> she could have gone really um, far with that degree. <laughs> so she was living in a place called the Rehearsal Club, which was uh, back in the 50s. It was in uh, all women's uh, dorm, essentially. What an uh, awesome name. Kind of a boarding. Yeah, it's really weird. A boarding house for, for women who were very serious about becoming an actor. You can't see, but Adam's making I'm doing air quotes. quotes, sorry. Yeah, um, it, it just... It, this happens now. Well, wait, but what are is... the quotes for? Are you saying it was like a brothel or something? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I just, it's the fact that this doesn't happen anymore. Like oh, yeah. if, if, if this happened now, it, it's totally somebody scamming you. Sure. It's like, yeah, you're going to live in a commune, which means you live in the same room with 10 other people that one person should be living in. Right. And you have to share one bathroom with an entire building. But back like, then it's... it was exciting. Yeah, back then it was great. And they would do showcases, and uh, back then they would invite big stars and agents, and the big stars and agents would actually show up. Uh, one of her shows, Marlene Dietrich, was there. Uh, like, it's it, it was just crazy to me that 
that worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why people still do showcases today, which yeah. don't work. You know, something yeah. really funny about when she was living there is she, when she was a little kid, she invented a twin sister. Yeah. And, uh, and when she <laughs> was living in the rehearsal hall or whatever that rehearsal, was called, rehearsal club. she uh, said she had a twin sister. And she would change clothes, yeah. run down the fire escape, <laughs> come back in, and be like, oh, I'm her sister, Jillimans. And uh, I forget what the name was. But people totally believed it. And then she was just got exhausted. And then she, she got said, bored with got it. bored and exhausted. And then her twin sister just disappeared just and never came gone. back. And suddenly nobody gone. really asked any questions. She's so weird. It's awesome. She was so fantastic. I I mean, entertaining is in her blood. Uh, she she can't help but do it. And, and so, of course, from these showcases in New York, she end up getting cast in TV shows. Broadway. Parts, Broadway. Won a Tony. Um, won a Tony. She literally never stopped working after that. She was in TV specials. She became really good friends with Lucia Ball. Oh, yeah. Like, she was on uh, the Gary Moore show for a couple years. She, she did the Twilight Zone. She was just in a, a huge amount of TVs, TV specials and, and various things. She and was on I, Password for a long yeah. time. Back in the day, everybody had a variety special. Like, yeah, if yeah. you and I were alive yeah. back then, we'd each have our own variety special. And they would be amazing. But <laughs> Yours so, would be amazing. <laughs> Mine would be awful. <laughs> no, no. Yours would be great. Um, it would be edgy. It would but, be edgy. Uh, that's true. No, but there were certain people that were on every yeah. variety show. Yeah. Like Paul Lind. Yeah. Paul yeah. Lind and her <laughs> and, uh, you know, Milton Berle. And, you know, there were, there were mainstays right. that were there. She was always... Uh, it's just a stellar performer, solid, solid performer. Yeah, always, always. She she did not have off days. Uh, she was always very quick uh, and very in, very entertaining. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it wasn't long before CBS came calling and said, "Hey, we need to give you your own show." Oh yeah, that was around nineteen sixty seven. Nineteen sixty seven, she started her own show, and she did something. Uh, I'm not sure if it was, it was probably done before. But she would start every show by taking questions from the audience. She learned that on the Gary Moore show. And it was, was, it was adorable. Do. Like, that's one of my – when I was a kid, yes. that was one of my favorite part of the shows because she was so funny and so personable. Personable, yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you watch it – and everybody probably knows this open secret. But if you watch it, she plays with her ear and tugs on her ear a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was her secret code to her grandmother – yeah, by saying I love you. Yeah, at the end, at the end, uh, her grandmother uh, was alive for the first couple seasons and, and then passed. But she, she always did it to commemorate her grandmother because her grandmother was a much better person than her mother. Her father. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Her grandmother never called her ugly to her face. Yeah. Just behind her back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was a beautiful. Is a beautiful woman. Is that Mama Cass? That's Mama Cass. She did not like to be called Mama Cass, uh, and she was always credited as Cass Elliot when yeah. she was by herself. Uh, she was on the show a number of times uh, before she passed. Wow. Um, yeah, but she she hated the name Mama Cass. Oh, uh, she was pretty young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, true, true. They started calling it when she was like 20, so uh, it's she, not. Yeah, I mean, she got a lot of bad, <laughs> bad breaks, that yeah, one. She yeah. was amazing voice, though. So in 1962, uh, Carol Burnett, by that point, had been on the air for a good seven years. Uh, she had been doing TV and stuff, random spots, uh, sitcoms, TV shows. Uh, she signed a 10-year contract with CBS. Wow. Meaning uh, she was required to do two guest appearances in one special year. That was it. They gave her an annual salary. I don't know how much it was. Haven't read that. $75. I probably, considering, you know, it's 1962. Uh, but the best part about it, and this is how savvy of a businesswoman she is, she had a clause that within the first five years, if she quote-unquote pushed the button... She essentially made this clause happen where she was have to be offered 31-hour variety specials. And she would get paid regardless if they said yes or no. Wow. And so the last week before the five-year five years was up in her 10-year contract, she said, I want to do a show. The head of CBS said, hey, well, hey, we have this great sitcom you want to do. And she said, I don't want to do sitcoms. And so they were literally forced to do the, the Carol Burnett show. Wow. She's um, a savvy businesswoman. Yeah. It was person. It, it was it was brilliant. And and because of that, I mean, the show then immediately ran. They had a huge hit and immediately ran for, you know, 11 years. Oh, uh, yeah. I just don't know if, if uh, there was a woman heading a sketch comedy show before. No, that. no, I don't, I don't believe so. I mean, uh, Lucy Ball, Lucille Ball obviously made Lucy. Lucy. You know her Lucy. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Luce. Oh, Luce. <laughs> oh. 
but uh, yeah, she the and obviously by the evidence by the fact that uh, Lucille Ball and and Carol Burnett were very close, mm-hmm. they became very close. Yeah. Um, the first season started with the supporting cast of Lyle Wagoner, Harvey Corman, and Vicky Lyle Lawrence. Wagoner. Lyle Wagoner. I, it's weird. I loved Tim Conway and mm. Harvey Corman. I thought they were the funniest guys in the world. But there was something about Lyle Wagoner that I really liked. And I don't, I mean, he wasn't like the funniest guy, but he was funny. Yeah, he was tall and handsome. It was just something about like, you know, seeing a leading man being funny. I don't know yeah. what it was, but there was something about him that really affected me watching that show you know i love the other guys yeah, more yeah. but there was something about lyle wagoner and that, what a neat name yeah wagoner <laughs> well he's he was it, it's one of those it's like you look at him and you're like you shouldn't be this funny no like you already have the good looks like no, what and, are you doing and he wasn't he was an announcer he started off yeah. as the announcer yeah. and then they started putting him in sketches and stuff because he was so dreamy but the greatest thing about him is that after the show ended instead of you know trying to pursue acting or you know i'm sure he did voice and stuff after that, yeah. he started the Wagoneer <laughs> trailer rental business. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can't go on a set. A little more inside baseball yeah, for right, you. Here we go. <laughs> you cannot go on a set without these uh, Wagoneer trailer wagons. Now, they're crappy little wagons for the, the lesser stars. Sure, you know? sure. I've, but look, they have a bathroom. They have, like, a little waiting room. They're nice. But that guy, like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I have to totally crap on things all the time. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. What's wrong with me? They're so great, but bad. No, no, but but what? A, I mean, that guy took a successful career, pivoted, yeah. and and dominated the market on something else. It was just a brilliant move. He you know? was a successful person. Whatever he put his mind to. He was great. Uh, Tim Conway was also a regular guest on the show uh, quite now, often. He um, wasn't part of the original he, cast. He no, was like a no. special guest. He, in like, fact, for the first eight seasons, <laughs> he was part of just, he would just come in and do stuff. <laughs> just didn't want to commit, and, huh? I guess. And then uh, seasons nine through 11, he actually jumped in and became a full uh, cast member. Well, they had a lot of utility players that would yeah. come in um, and, you know, you'd recognize them yeah. if you were, a, you know, a watcher of old TV and stuff. But Tim Conway and Harvey Korman, one of the greatest comedy teams Oh, ever, amazing. Ever. Amazing. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, the show itself, the reason... Um, that he was on so much was because they wouldn't just have one guest during the hour. Oh, yeah. It would be multiple guests. Sure. Not like, like an SNL or something where it's like one host and whatever, but it would be multiple guests. So whenever... No, you get Eddie Albert and Jonathan Winters. Yeah. And it's it was... I, I got the very distinct impression that it was more about what served the writing and the, and the sketches they were doing mm-hmm. rather than like, let's write around the people we have. It was like, let's write this. Oh, we need to get this goofy character in. We'll call up Tim and have him come in and do it. Right. Um, that being said... There were an insane amount of guest stars. Oh, my God. The, it, it, and just the first season. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to throw some names at you. I'm going to have to take a deep breath because right, this is a long list. Don Adams, Eddie Albert, Lucille Ball, Ken Berry, Sid Caesar, Art Carney, Diana Carroll, George Chakras, Richard Chamberlain, Imogen Coca, Tim Conway, John Davidson, Phyllis Diller, Mike Douglas, Barbara Eden, Annette Forbay, Ella Fitzgerald, John Gary, Bobby Gentry, Frank Gorshin, Betty Grable, Jack Jones, Shirley Jones, Lainey Kazan, Richard Kelly, Derwood Kirby, who was also... No biggie list. Yes. Peter Lawford, Gloria Loring, Trini Lopez, Barbara Venera, Lisa Minnelli, Liza <laughs> Minnelli, yeah. and Lisa Minnelli, Jer- Gary Moore, Jim Neighbors, Nagali, Leonard Nimoy, Jack Palance, Minnie Pearl, Julia Prowse, Martha Ray, Lynn Redgrave, Mickey Rooney. Soupy Sales, The Smothers Brothers, Sonny and Cher, Mel Torme, The Velvet Fog, mm. Lana Turner, Gwen Verdon, Shani Wells, Leslie Ann Warren, Dion Warwick, and one of my personal heroes, the greatest goddamn improvising comedian in the world, Mr. Jonathan Winter. He's so brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Whew. Yeah, that was a good job, man. That's a, it's a list. That's and a I did list. that from memory. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, you did have to read it eight times. So No, man, no, no. Yeah. You don't understand. The one... Superpower I have is I can remember every guest that was ever on the Carol Burnett show. All That's crazy. Eight seasons? Eleven. All eleven seasons. <laughs> Can't remember the seasons, but yeah. I got the guests. Uh, Jim Neighbors, there's a lot of people in this first season that were, were very important to Carol Burnett, uh, like Lucy Wall, Jim Neighbors. Jim Neighbors was on the first show. He and, sure was. And they were super close. Uh, she ended up being on his – that was a really good impression, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, she, she ended up I'm going to do the rest of on, the show just like Gomer Pyle. <laughs> she ended up being on Gomer Pyle, and he was, he was there for the first episode, and the first episode did really well. The first season did so – Every season after that, he was always in the premiere episode because he was her quote-unquote good luck charm. Shazam. The first uh, <laughs> the first one he did was really funny. Um, and this just shows, like, how clever the show was. I don't know if you've seen it, but his his first sketch 
uh, it's at a ski lodge, mm-hmm. and uh, Carol Burnett has her arm in a cast, and uh, she's super bored. She's writing to her mom like, "I hate it here. I want to go home." And then in comes in comes Jim Neighbors on crutches, and he's got a cast on his leg. And so they go through this whole awkward flirting thing where they keep hurting each other and hurting each other, and it was just this great physical comedy, and you could tell. <laughs> That, that poor Jim Babers. <laughs> well, he may not have the best at physical comedy, but he did his best, and it was it was hilarious. And she, uh, they were really funny together. And he was yeah, such a funny yeah. guy. She was really good at surrounding herself with with very talented people. I mean, that was that was something that uh, another little inside baseball with Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. If you are good at what you do, yeah. surround yourself with people who might even be better than what you do. Oh yeah, because they'll make you look better. Exactly. And she also wasn't afraid to give up the spotlight. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. she didn't have to be the center of every sketch. She knew know. her limitations yeah. and she knew what, what other people could do better. And um, she liked to play to other people's strengths. You yeah. Know? Oh I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the stuff that they threw at Corman and Conway and <sighs> it was really funny is the first few episodes, she always introduced Vicki Lawrence as her little, little sister. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the, almost the exact same hairstyle. I, was I was, uh, I was just watching an episode of the love boat and Vicki Lawrence was on. And I, the whole time I was like, that's Carol Burnett. That has to be <laughs> Carol Burnett. But it was, I mean, it was also like, you know, a little bit, little time after this, but like I, and that's the funny thing is Vicki Lawrence became a member of the show because she was 17. She was in a band and she contacted Carol Burnett and said, I look just like you. <laughs> and Carol Burnett said, really? And imagine? then auditioned for her and she was on the show. Can you imagine somebody, you know, writing Tina Fey? And yeah. being like, I look just like you. And she's like, well, come on, be on 30 Rock. Make me famous. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that's good. It's good yeah. enough for me. So the show was a hit from the very beginning. Uh, it, it, it didn't, it it was never like a number one show, but it always had very solid ratings and, and people loved it. Uh, oh, yeah. CBS realized uh, after the, the contract, they, they realized that the show was big and that they needed to support it. So every time the show would start to lag a little bit, they would change the time slot. It, over the course of the 11 years, the time slot changed like four times, um, going from like a, a Monday to a Wednesday to a Sunday. Um, it was so groundbreaking because I don't think anybody was really doing, you know, as much parody. No, as no. They, you know, they were parodying film, TV, yeah. commercial, soap operas. And they would do uh, sketches that would just last. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would they, yeah. go to commercial and come back. And it was just this epic. And it wasn't like, uh, yeah, apologies, Saturday Night Live. But it wasn't, you know, the same kind of filler crap. Right. You know that okay, we're gonna have right. to make this thing ten minutes. So let's let's beat this dead horse yes. for eight yes. minutes of a two minute joke. Yeah. They really, <laughs> to their credit, they really kept it going, and it was really funny. And I think it was the vaudeville roots. Yeah, the theater. Know? Yeah, like they they understood how how this worked. I mean, it, it's a theater thing. I in vaudeville variety, like that's something that just SNL doesn't really have anymore. They mostly pull now from like stand up comedians yeah. and things like that. Well, but, there was so much competition back in the day yeah. to be on stage and to like. You know, yeah. goofy each other and just like the energy and the yeah, you you had to be sharp, you mm-hmm. had to be on top of your business. Yeah, and physical comedy was extremely popular back then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know anybody who does. You know, they make it look easy, but physical <laughs> comedy is <laughs> not. It's not. It's hard. It is very. Just hard. watch Jim Neighbors in that first. <laughs> I tried my best. The show was extremely marketable uh, to the point of in 1977, the show hadn't even been canceled yet. And uh, CBS repackaged all of the sketches into a half hour show called Carol Burnett and Friends that started yeah. running in syndication during the day. Right. Since That's Carol- what I probably watched. Right. I mean, we did watch the night. My, my, mm-hmm. I specifically remember my mom really liking yeah. Carol Burnett. And for some reason to this day, Carol Burnett reminds me of my mom. I mean, they they got that same kind of like I can see that. you know yeah. they're they're skinny and they're pretty and, and my mom is uh, really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she really realizes how funny <laughs> she is, but she was always really funny. And and I don't know. I mean, growing up, I always had a special place for Carol Burnett because you know it was kind of like you know being a latchkey kid and everything. Yeah. It's like eh, I gotta yeah. spend time with a you know sur- surrogate mom <laughs> going into some uh, deep psychological. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, uh, you know. But totally. But that's but that's part of her likability is yeah. that you know I'm sure you weren't the only person that was like, oh, she yeah. reminds me of my mother. Well, my mom was going to be an person. actress. Like oh wow! She, I didn't when know she, that. Uh, you know, when she was in college, she studied acting, and oh really? Like, that's kind of she wow. got me going as a kid. Well, that she's... would explain why you're here now. <laughs> well, well, that and a lot of alcohol. I think. <laughs> Is what got me here. 
So in 1978, uh, the show had been running for 11 years, and uh, Carol decided that the show was still popular. It wasn't as popular as it was before, but she had decided she wanted to, to get out of it and kind of go into mo- more movies. Uh, she had 11 done, seasons is a good run. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, she had done Annie, and uh, um, and it was relatively successful. She uh, Later, much later, she did my personal favorite Carol Burnett, uh, Noises Off, oh, which yeah. is a fantastic play, and the movie is so phenomenal. John Ritter's in that, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's a very funny movie. It's so good. I mean, there's a lot of people in that movie. It's, But it's it's such good. She's so fantastic. And very good physical comedy. She plays the maid and she's so much falling down and pants falling down and all that stuff. Hilarious. And also the, um, what's it called? Four Friends? Or I'm not sure. It was Alan Alda. Oh, yes. And, that, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Carol Burnett. Yeah. And it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And it was more of a dramatic. Term. I mean, it was a, totally. Yeah. It was a com- dramedy, I guess. Dr- yeah. Different seasons or something? Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the hell it was called. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was good. And but it was, was a really good, good movie. And she, and she stretched. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was something. It was a different way for audience to see her. Because, you know, there was a lot of things going on in the movie where, like, one of their friends gets divorced and brings this young girl. And, you know, right. it's like all the, you know, the. I think uh, Rita Moreno was also in it. Oh, okay. And they were hilarious together. So, anyway, check that out if you can figure out what the name is, because I certainly. <laughs> hey, computer, what's the name of the Carol Burnett and Alan Alda movie? Sorry, I don't have an answer for that. Ugh, computer blues. <laughs> the, the point is, is that she was stretching her acting ability. She, she wanted to show she was into that to that. To that point, uh, right after she got – I would say right after, a few years after she, she finished Carol Burnett and Friends, she was offered a part on All My Children, her favorite soap opera, and played a recurring character for the next 12 years. That is so awesome. She loved the show, managed to get on the show. Uh, she, she played it for she so managed long. managed to get on. Like, yeah. She snuck on the set and they're like – Well, I – yeah. I mean <laughs> I'm assuming the producers are all like, hey, Carol Burnett wants to be on the show. Okay. Nope. Not <laughs> on my show. So. She's not a soap opera actress. Not yeah. famous enough. But even that being said, while she was doing that, much like most of her career, she couldn't stay away from sketch comedy. She mm. started uh, Carol Burnett and Company in 1982, yep. trying to get people. To, it ran for a couple of years. Uh, she did multiple specials. Um, the one with uh, Robin Williams was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there was it. She she just can't help but work. Like oh, she's yeah. she's so. Good. Uh, and to that point, I keep saying that. That's like my catchphrase today. It is. Uh, she has won so many awards. She's won numerous Emmys. She's won numerous Golden Globes. She's won multiple Peabody Awards, which one of them. The is very, that for time travel? Yes. The Sherman and Peabody <laughs> yes. Awards? <laughs> yes. She was able to time travel. It was, it was the first award she ever won was a Peabody Award for like a special performance in 1955. Wow. Special performance. Like, well, she also would show up on like – Law and Order SVU yep. and like different, you know, playing these really dramatic parts, you right. know. I mean, the range she had, the talent she has. Has. I mean, yeah, yeah. She's know, still, she's she's still out there. She's amazing. She's still working. Yeah, she was, uh, she was uh, just the Mad About You remake, reboot Ugh, thing. Really? I know. But she was played the mother. Well, and there's like, one reason on to watch it. it. The only reason <laughs> to watch that. Uh, I was kind of hoping uh, – on my research, I was really hoping that Carol Burnett had gotten the EGOT. But uh, unfortunately, she's never gotten an Oscar. She's just egged. Um, yeah, she's just egged. Although yeah, – Super unimpressive. Although, to, <laughs> to make up for that, last year, the Golden Globes literally named an Achievement in Television Award after her and gave it to her as the first recipient. That's pretty sweet. She is. It is the Carol Burnett Lifetime Achievement in Television and uh, it'd be a sick burn if they gave it to somebody else. <laughs> oh, sorry. That, yeah. Well, you were nominated, well, Carol, but you know. Sorry, it was just the Carol Burnett Award for Achievement in Television at Lifetime. So uh, they gave it to Fran Drescher. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see who gets it after this, but uh, maybe you. Uh, probably not. Uh, so yeah, she's been acting ever since. She's she's still kicking. She's still doing great stuff. Um, she is still kicking. She's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks, Jim. Thanks she's for pointing out. Seven, I think. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 1933. So yeah, she'll be 88 this year. She's also done so. She's also done so much charity work. You know, she's yes. been fighting addiction. Yes. She's been, uh, you yeah. know, AIDS charities. You know, anything. Her, she, she had a lot of tragedy in her life yes. as well. You know, yes. she lost her dad to alcoholism. The year she moved to New York. The year yeah. she moved to New York. Her mom was an alcoholic. I, yeah, her and mom was abusive, an extreme. I mean, you know, she told her she was too ugly to be on TV. I mean, yeah. that's you yeah. know, Jesus. And, <laughs> Not and a nice thing. Her one of her sons died. From uh, I think from drugs, drugs, from drug, yeah, drug abuse. You yeah. know, so she yeah. drug and alcoholism. Yeah, and she turned that tragedy 
and I, I don't want to say positivity, but she used her pain to help others and yes. to 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 help champion the causes of of things that hurt her friends and family. She kept she kept trying to pay it forward all the time. All her good luck, all her good juju she had, she was always she's always constantly trying to push it forward. Well, I think that's something that's so amazing about you know somebody giving her fifty bucks for college and then giving right. her boyfriend a couple of grand to go to New York. To get that kind of generosity to make your dreams happen, then you've got to just be like, well, I got to be that. I want to be that fairy yeah. godmother too, because right. without them, you know, it just would be so cool if more people would just kind of be patrons, you know, help yeah. people yeah. as they, you know, not you know, not just any TikTok star or whatever, but somebody, you see some real talent. Like if yeah. I had money, you know, and fame and success. I would definitely have some sort of mentorship thing where, you know, you help the people. Of course. Because you know how hard it is. This business yeah, is impossible. Yeah. yeah. It's – yeah, I 100% agree. I, I, I feel like that needs to be awarded more. And and she never – all of her charity work, all of that was never – she never did it for the fame. She never you did, don't hear about it. No. She just did it because that's who she is. And mm-hmm. and, and she's an incredible, amazing person. Um and even to the point where uh, 2007, uh, Family Guy, uh, they, oh, they did a sketch uh, a little <laughs> yeah. bit about her being a janitor at the at a porn shop. Because the beginning of Carol Burnett Friends, she's, yeah. she's cleaning up. It's probably the most iconic thing about Carol Burnett is that janitor character. Yeah. Cleaning woman character. Cleaning woman. I, I did, yeah, yeah. But uh, she obviously with Family Guy and it being in a porn store, she was not super thrilled about it. So no. she and her production company uh, sued uh, them and said sued Fox and said, "Hey, you need to take out all this stuff." And Fox refused, so it went to court. The judge had to side with Fox because it was a parody. Freedom and of speech. It was, I mean. it was satire, and it was it was First Amendment. But he did say, and my absolute favorite thing, he did say <clears throat> he agreed that the portrayal was crude, but stated that the character Burnett created was far more creative than anything the Family Guy team could come up with on their own. I agree with his decision. And I agree with his statement. <laughs> it's just very ironic that for uh, she, her having a sketch comedy show that dealt with parody and satire, for her, for the judge to literally be like, this show that also does parody and satire is terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, compared to her show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it was brilliant. It's, it was Family Guy's lazy and sad. It's just a testament to Carol Burnett. Or her just, lasting appeal that she's yes. still being parodied to this day. Yeah. I hun- and that character is still being yes. parodied to this day. I'm guessing in 2007, there were not a lot of people watching Family Guy that knew what the hell was going on with the janitor lady on the screen. Well, anybody over 30. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, let's go to a promo. Let's go and to And we'll come back with uh, our interview with the amazing Jessica Amal. Yeah, I'm very excited. Let's do it. Our very, very, very special guest today is our great friend Jessica Amal. She's an actor, comedian, writer, director, producer, mom. She's everything that you want in a person and more. Welcome, Jess. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, thanks for being here. Well, we thought when we were doing our Carol Burnett show that we wanted to talk to the funniest, one of the funniest people we know, mm-hmm. which is you. <laughs> and, and knowing you for so long, I know that um, Carol Burnett kind of had a, a pretty big uh, influence on you. Yeah, she did. Um, well, you know, if I'm speaking honestly, the person who had the biggest influence on me was uh, Lucille Ball. Um, but I would say probably second to that is Carol Burnett. For me, uh, that was kind of my first uh, experience with sketch comedy, the Carol Burnett show, because it was on before Saturday Night Live and all that. When I was home as a kid sick, that was like one of the best things to watch. Like, was that one of your first sketch Shows. shows. You know, I think honestly, my first sketch show was um, in Living Color. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very different from Carol Burnett. <laughs> very, di- very, very different from Carol Burnett. No, she's awesome. Um, I love that she talks to the audience at the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah. Um, it just like has such a personal touch. Um, and she's so good at it, too. I mean, that's not something that's easy to connect with. No, she's so natural. Like, she just makes it happen. I don't know. (laughs) It's not something you can learn. It's just something you have inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. Right. Likeability is is not something that you can learn. No, no. As I know, I've been trying for years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she just just like 
I just love her quick answers. It just like she's just so funny. Did you like one of my favorite things was when they would break, you know, and they would make each other laugh. I've mm-hmm. always, always loved that. I don't know why. And I, and yeah. when I did sketch, I would always try to do that to make the other person laugh. Because, I don't know, I just think it's, I know it's super unprofessional, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> hilarious. And I just, that was like, ah, it was so yeah, good. It's super unprofessional, but all of the comedians, all, everyone does it. <laughs> Everybody yeah. does it. Like, you're trying, I mean, because that's your best audience is the person right next to you in the scene with you. Oh, sure. I think you, right. I, you made me crack up a lot when we were on stage. Yeah, it's like, it's so funny to do and it's so hard when you crack up because (laughs) i find it for me like if i'm cracking up it's it's so hard to get back in the scene like oh yeah you can't put the horse back in the barn or whatever lose your way yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, jess has been doing sketch comedy forever and uh do you have any memories of you know just completely losing it on stage yes (laughs) but i can't think of any specific example um <laughs> you've been a writer and a comedian and an actress actor sorry you've been an actor um what got you into comedy like what when did you realize you were so funny <laughs> i think um well definitely in college is when i really discovered that i much rather do a comedic scene than do a dramatic scene which i could do dramatic scenes but just wasn't as satisfying i guess like it wasn't as like i don't know it didn't really like grab me the same way as comedy did um well i think comedy look i know this is a cliche (laughs) but you know comedy is harder than drama yeah when you were little did you have like little voices and stuff did you have tricks to make your your parents laugh and stuff oh yeah we were and it's funny because my cousins came over yesterday with some home videos and we watched um yeah we watched (laughs) my first communion and i like i looked at the camera and i and i said uh i don't want to see another camera in my life um and then like we're at my grandma's house and i am just like flirting with the camera like (laughs) waving to it and like (laughs) just being so goofy nothing's Uh, changed nothing's changed nothing's changed You've done a lot of stage. You've done a lot of, you know, television, film. Uh, do you prefer being in front of a live audience? I prefer it. Well, you know, I love doing camera stuff. Um, I think there's something about being in front of a live audience that just really, like, gets exciting. Just hearing them oh, yeah. laugh and, and react to you on the spot. It's just like, oh, yeah, they like it. Oh, I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really milk it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I like being on set, too, but it's not this. It's there's like you miss that element. It's there's yeah. you miss the uh, like the craziness. You miss like the the spontaneity. You know, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it, I think one of the, the the most gratifying things about doing sketch or improv is when you, you know, you you just make up a different line or something or in a, and it hits so hard. You know, yeah. that people can't stop laughing. I don't know if there's a better feeling than that. That's the feeling, right? Yeah, that is the feeling. That's, like, why I keep doing it. That's why I'm, like, you know, here I am, like, battling cancer, and I'm just, like, oh, I can't wait to film this sketch. Like, You've been doing sketches all through this, which yeah, is amazing. It's, it's and really funny incredible. work, too. You know, it's, like, thanks. you know, for somebody to be – what you've gone through with – during this whole lockdown is insane yeah you know and it it would it would a normal person would crumble and you've just gotten stronger and you you know you're still putting out really funny great work and it's it's just a testament to like how strong and crazy funny you are oh thanks um it's like it gives me something to be motivated about and excited for and um, gives us something to be excited for. It gives yeah. your stuff. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you got a, a, a toddler, not even a toddler, just a baby. She's almost one, yeah. your, your daughter. Yeah. I know. She is almost one, and she's like on the verge of walking. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> she stands and she balances it for a long time, and then she falls on her butt. She's <laughs> hilarious. I think she realizes that she's like 
really close to walking, but <laughs> doesn't have the confidence uh-huh. yet. Hmm. You know, she's like, eh, I'm just going to fall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's probably the cutest. I, baby I will say uh, with, with no equivocation that she is the cutest baby I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, so uh, let's get back to Carol for just a minute. Um, yeah. So she, she did parodies. You know, and it was just something I absolutely adored to this day. It's like, you give mm-hmm. me a parody, I'm in heaven. And did you ever see her uh, Gone with the Wind parody? Went with the wind? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> she comes out with the, the, she's wearing like a drapes. It's funny because that, that, that sketch premiered on her show five or six days after CBS showed Gone with the Wind on their network for the first time. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's they spe- she specifically wrote it to make fun of it because CBS was showing it. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's amazing! Yeah. And it's and it's one of her best sketches. I mean, it's so oh funny. yeah, so funny. so funny. Even like now, like it, like you can watch the show and still yeah. laugh your, you know what off. It's <laughs> your butt, <laughs> your butt, your butt. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I watched. I, I was uh, watching a few. Uh, they have them on Pluto. If, uh, if yeah, she has her own channel on Pluto. Yeah, TV. she's got her own Pluto. Ch- I'm sure she's extremely. Uh, I've made it. Carol Burnett says <laughs> I'm on Pluto. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it just seemed like to me, it seemed like the most fun you could. Like I wanted to be on that show. I wanted to be a part of that because they seemed like they were having so much fun. Oh yeah, they do seem like they're having so much fun. Like there, I watched an episode recently that was like. Um, her and her husband are um, Martians, but now they're in humans' bodies. And like the way they kiss is like they touch elbows, and she like <laughs> <laughs> she like is, is just like having a, a sexual experience on stage. And this is like so, the sixties. Yeah, this 70s. is that's pretty edgy yeah. for the time. Yeah, nothing was like her show at the time, and no. nothing was as fun. At least to me. Like, I, I love being homesick because I could watch Carol Burnett when I was a kid. Oh, I love that. If it wasn't for the Carol Burnett show, In Living Color would not exist. Yeah. Oh, day. yeah. You know I don't I mean? think a lot of things would exist. I don't yeah. think SNL. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Muppet Show. Yeah. The Muppet Show, yeah. But it was amazing that she hosted the show, too. If you think about the time and, like, she, you know what I mean? Oh, she yeah. was it. She she was brilliant in the fact that she knew the more people saw her, the more successful she'd be. And so she was just on everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, like a few years ago, my uncle got us tickets to see her at the um Kodak Theater. Oh wow. And that's and that's all the show was was her answering questions from the audience. Wow. And the ushers were walking around with microphones and um it was awesome. Did you it get was, to ask I, a question? No, I would. I, you know, I didn't have a question ready for her. Like, <laughs> why are you so awesome? <laughs> yeah, why are you so freaking awesome? That was that was uh, <laughs> one of one of my favorite uh, question and answers. The in the research I was doing is that uh, someone in the audience had asked her, "Have you taken acting classes?" And she was like, "Yeah." And the audience member says, "Do you think it helped?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you could be the next Carol Burnett. No, no I wish. Not. I mean, that would be the. I mean, that is the dream. It's um, achievable, I think. It's well, yeah. we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm we'll putting see a lot of pressure happens. on I'm you. I'm about halfway through my life right now, so <laughs> well, um, you better get moving. <laughs> yeah, you do some really great characters. You do Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, you do, you do a, the best Quint from Jaws. <laughs> anyone, and I saw uh, I, there was an episode of Carol Burnett where Harvey Corman played Quint, and you blew oh, yeah. blew him out of the water. Pun intended. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know if I'm, if any of you out there have ever been in a comedy group. There is, if you want the most drama in your life, join a comedy group. Yeah. Right, right, Jess? Oh my God. I think, like, I think I got cancer from Shambhala. Um, 
Because wow. what the fuck? That drama <laughs> was Oh, my God. Well, yes, every single group I've been in, any without exception, there's just been yeah. so much drama. Probably the difference is getting paid probably makes it easier to work together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can hire real professionals. Right, right. And, you know, you can go home and, you know, pay your bills. But there's nothing worse than being in a comedy group. <laughs> I know, nothing worse. Ringing endorsement of the comedy scene. No, we're we're bitter old pros. That's true. My uncle has a story about how she gave him uh, her dress like off her back. Really? What? <laughs> yeah. So my uncle was at a um, fundraiser. Mm-hmm. I mean, my uncle's here. I could put him on the phone and he could tell the story. That'd be great. Um, okay. So. Uh... Wow. So Carol Bennett at, at some point had a house in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I lived. Okay. And um, uh, someone had talked her into being the guest host at uh, an AIDS fundraising event. And it was on Valentine's Day. Oh. So, um, yeah, so she did it, of course. And um, I went. And one of my friends was one of the organizers. So she comes in when she sees me. She pulls me over and introduces me to Carol Burnett. And immediately I'm just like, oh, I love this dress you got on. It was a Bob Mackie. <laughs> um, it was all handmade. It was all red sequins. Oh, wow. A dress with a, with a cape. Something to put over your shoulders, but not just like a shawl. Like a wrap. Okay, so anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a little rap. <laughs> so anyway, um, she says, "Oh well, this could be yours." And I'm like, "Well, I don't think so. I'm a I'm a client here, and I don't have any money. I can't afford that dress. It's beautiful." She goes, oh, "Okay, well, we'll see." And then, of course, you know, she gets introduced to somebody else and drifts off into the crowd. So a little while later, um, she's up on stage talking and she's talking about. Losing friends and how it's been difficult for her personally and um, just telling her own story. And then when she finishes up, she says, oh, and I met somebody here tonight. Um, let's see. What was his name? And she comes up with some name. And I say, I jump up and I, I say, no, it's Dana. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you. Come on up. Come on up on stage. So I go up on stage with her. And she said, um, my friend Dana here really likes this dress, so who wants to help him buy this dress? We're going to auction it off. <laughs> oh so, wow. Yeah, so we start this auction, and it gets up to $1,200, and this kind of stalls, okay? And so <laughs> someone someone jumps up and says, I've got $100. Who will match my $100? Let's buy this. <laughs> so a whole bunch of people jump up and offer a hundred dollars and they get up to sixteen hundred dollars and so she's like sold That's crazy. <laughs> so, so then she grabs my hand we're at an art gallery and it's two stories so she grabs my hand we we run upstairs and we go into the bathrooms and in minutes she's like standing there in my in the bathroom with me um She's taken her this dress off. Oh my God. She's in the 80s, like, right? Yeah. She's like holding it out. She's like, Harry, come on, come on. <laughs> so, you know, I'm wearing a pair of jeans and work boots, and I've got. Uh, did you give uh, those to her? Yes. <laughs> you she did? puts on my jeans, not my work boots, oh. okay? But she puts on my jeans, and um, I have this blood red, long sleeved um, flannel shirt on. And so. She and and a, a wife beater T-shirt, and so she puts those on. Oh my god! And uh, and then she grabs my hand again. We go running out of the bathroom, and we go down to the stairs. And someone's talking, and we're just kind of around the corner waiting. And um, uh, she says, "Oh, you need earrings." There's somebody <laughs> standing, somebody standing there that has like these little clip-on heart earrings. So uh, I put those on. And then, um, again, she grabs my hand and we go running out on this, this little stage. <laughs> and um, people, everyone's like laughing and cheering and I'm like blowing kisses to the crowd. And, <laughs> That's <laughs> and incredible. While, and while I'm being a big ham, she just exits stage left. 
<laughs> she just totally disappeared, and that was her exit. She left the whole event. You know, oh, she just, wow, like wow. slipped out while I was being a, a big ham. That's, that's so, the greatest that's story amazing. I think I've ever heard about. Yeah, a celebrity. so it's not even over. So then oh. this guy comes up. Yeah, I know it. Oh, more, 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 more here. I don't want any more of those. That's feeding baby, the baby Cheerios. Baby, yeah, baby yeah. Regina. We talked about her. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Here is the apple. She wants apple. <laughs> so, um, so the guy who had bid twelve hundred dollars, uh, he's like, I, I still want that dress. I'll pay an additional sixteen hundred if I can have that dress. Wow. And I said, uh, Okay, uh, you deliver a check to the organization on Monday, and we'll have the I'll have the dress. But I'm wearing it this weekend. Yeah, I would. That's I wouldn't have given <laughs> it Valentine's dress. Day. So I went out bar hopping, <laughs> wearing this fabulous Carol Burnett red beaded Bob Mackie design. It was wow. gorgeous. That's amazing. Yeah, Bob Mackie. That's deal pictures. And then you know. <laughs> Delivered it on Monday morning, and this guy, some guy, I don't even know who has it, but there's some guy is like, <laughs> you know. Dana, that's an amazing story. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That is really great. Oh, thanks for sharing. That was amazing. Sure thing. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Amazing. That was awesome. That was awesome. I know. Isn't he the best? <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Oh, Dana's that was a great, great story. And we got to hear uh, Regina. She was our, our third special guest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the show. yeah. <laughs> Super It's a family guess. affair today. It's a family affair. I can go get Alec if you want, but no, I no, 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 feel no. like this. Yeah. Jess, you were the best. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest. And that rhymed. Yeah. Um, hey, oh, thank you for coming on hey. and taking time out of your day and, and being away from Regina. And yeah. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I love you guys. Um, yeah. Love you too. Yeah, so really, honestly, Carol Burnett, uh, I will flat out say the world is a better place because of her. Yeah, um, no argument here. Uh, there is a lot of of comedians and and performers and entertainers that would not be here if it wasn't for her no. and her show. And pushing the, the envelope and, and pushing those boundaries of, of what you can do and, and being likable at the same time. She's just a success story that is truly Hollywood and truly deserved. And I'm so happy that she's she's here and that she's still in Santa Fe giving away still, dresses. Still, in your words, <laughs> she's still kicking. <laughs> and yeah, what an amazing story, by the way, that Dina yeah. told. Yeah, that God, was We great. got lucky on that one. Yeah, that was great. A little scoop. Um, <laughs> so just like us with Carol Burnett, we were so glad that we had this time together. Oh. And we're going to go out oh. with I'm tugging my ear. Yeah, you, you, you can't see me, but I'm tugging my ear right now. Telling his grandma he's going to kill her. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. All right. We're going to jump into some more music, and then we will go heavily into... Wow, that sounds terrible. Just go deep. Deep hey, we're gonna... into the Carol Burnett. <laughs> we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Charlie's Angels, already in progress. 